0: You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon podcast. Amen. In Job chapter number 14, we come to a part where his friends have gathered and began to question, began to accuse what's going on in his life, and Job begins his defense and he reproves his friends in chapter 13. He He confesses his confidence in God. And now, as he is stating, he's going through some theology, some doctrines. He's establishing a truth. And Job speaks something very powerful here. Verse 7 of Job chapter 14, he says, For there is hope. Everyone say hope. hope. There is hope of a tree. If it be cut down, that it will sprout again, and that the tender branch thereof will not cease. Though the root thereof wax old in the earth, and the stock thereof die in the ground, yet through the scent of water it will bud, and bring forth boughs like a plant. There is hope through the scent of water. John chapter seven, one verse of scripture, Jesus says, He that believeth on me, verse thirty-eight. As the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow, everyone say flow, flow, flow rivers of living water. Rivers. Of living water. I want to talk to you if I can today, the hope of living water. The hope of living water. Let's lay our Bibles down. And let's ask the Lord to just anoint His Word to our hearing today, this morning. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you today for your presence. Thank you for the wonderful opportunity we have to be in the house of the Lord. And I ask right now that Your Spirit would have authority, that Your Word would have recourse in our heart today. Speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Have your way, O Lord. And everyone said amen. Amen. Would you clap your hands one more time and rejoice? Amen. Before the Lord, I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 God bless you. You may be seated this morning. The hope of living water. Water perhaps possesses one of the greatest powers over humanity. In fact, it seems trite, it seems absurd to speak of water as something that possesses great power. When we speak of power, when we speak of might, when we speak of authority, we usually of, we think of things that cause great fear or dread. We think of things that have abilities for great destruction, military warfare, weaponry. Might, sheer terror. We don't think of water, but water perhaps possesses one of the great greatest powers over all humanity. Water has shaped... Civilizations; it has shaped the the time of uh, since man has has been. Water has had a great impression upon them. Every major empire, every major city, let's say, every major civilization and nationality has built upon and built up around the issue of water. It is water that is. Of course, so, so necessary for our well-being. We know that. Being people who are, are, are living in modernity, we have access to water nonstop. We go to the faucet, we turn it on, and there it is. We have this great luxury that we take for granted, and we do not realize that indoor plumbing is something that, on the grand scheme of time, is still relatively very... New, Of course, it's all that we know, but in times past, water was everything. You will not find in ancient times, times as recent as a hundred years ago, cities being built that were not built around sources of water. It was always upon rivers. It was upon coast. It was upon inland seas. It was upon... Places where in valleys brooks would gather and streams would flow, where civilizations were established. In fact, today we are inhabitants of the area of St. Louis, which testifies to the fact and the presence of water. It was the mighty Mississippi that allowed man to traverse up. And that water gave life. It was the confluence of water that made St. Louis the great city that it was. That is what allowed the city to sustain, to grow. You look at every other major city with the exception of perhaps a Las Vegas, which is a city of, of rather relatively recent invention. They had to come up with a way. It wasn't going to survive unless they had water, and had they not Dammed up the river and Lake Mead formed, it would not be in existence. Water has shaped everything from the times of the Babylonians to the, the Sumerans uh, before them to the Egyptians, to the Greeks, to the Romans. You pick your empire, you pick your people. It always revolved around water. Water was the issue. It was the issue of the day wars were fought upon water empires were established because men were able to conquer the seas and so water was the thing that men strive for the men that the thing that men fought over wells in biblical times we could see in the time of Abraham wells constantly enter into the narrative and often it's reference there at this well or that well we we read it almost in passing not thinking of it when we see where abraham dug the well or his son isaac would redig the well or jacob would redig the wells that his father had dug we think nothing of it when we think of digging well but To them, it was their survival. Abraham was a man of great wealth because he had not only the resources and the ability, but he had the determination and the stamina to go in the midst of a barren land and in the midst of a desert and to dig until he struck water. To dig until there was a spring, a fountain, that was found. And whoever possessed the well possessed wealth. Whoever held the well had power over all of the other people that surrounded. They they wanted to be in good graces with the person who owned the well because they needed the water. Battles were raged over wells. Fights broke out over wells. And whoever controlled the well was a man of authority, a man of influence, a people of power, all because of the necessity of water. If man could find a way to live without water, water that holds power would become obsolete, it would have no effect. But there is a requirement for water. And it is that need that would drive man to surrender all of his gold and all of his wealth and all of his authority because what good is his fame? What good is his possessions? What good is the tangible things that he held on, his influence and his power if he was going to die? Men and women would yield all of that just for a drop of water. It's why it meant so much that when David thirsted, his men of courage would go behind enemy lines and they would possess water. They would take that water and they would bring it back to him, David saw their act as one so honorable, one so powerful that David said, look, while I am desperate to drink this water, this water signifies men that would risk giving their own life so that I may simply have a drink. And he said, this water is holy. This water is sacred. I am not worthy to partake. And he poured it out as an offering before them all because of the necessity of water and the power that water holds. It is no accident then that when Jesus decides to give His greatest revelation to all humanity that we have in like manner, A need that goes beyond the physical need of water. A spiritual need. One in which is worth and deserving of surrendering all of our gold and our material wealth. And all of our fame and our influence and our authority and our power. There is a need so desperate within the heart of man... That it is a greater need than the need and the desperation for water. It is no accident then Then at John chapter number 4. It was at a well that Christ would reveal. And He would declare that give me to drink as the woman said. He said, if you would have asked of me, I would have given you Living water. There she stood as witness to the fact of absolute necessity of physical water. She was a woman who had given up on the institution of marriage either through bereavement or through abandonment. She had been married a multitude of times and they had all forsaken her. They had all failed her. They had all left her. And now she's living with a man that is no longer, that is not her husband. And and she comes at the portion of the day when it's not crowded. Perhaps she's avoiding the eyes of others. She's avoiding the talk of others. But there's still a need inside of her body for water. And so she comes alone, standing as a witness that it doesn't matter how alone you are, there are some things in your life that you still need. She stands alone. And at that point of aloneness, at that point of desperation, Christ would meet her with a greater revelation. And that was this, that yes, you may have a need for physical water in your body, but there is a greater need in your soul. There is a spiritual need in your soul. It's that need that has left you wanting. It is that need that has left you desperate. It is that need that has pulled you out of the cloak of your house. It's put you in the public eye where you make yourself vulnerable because you are so desperate again for something that satisfies and Christ lets her know you have need of physical water but I am here to give you something more I am here to give you living water the water that I have you will never thirst again the water that I give you will never want again the water that I have it satisfies the water that I have, it heals. The water that I have, it cleanses. The water that I have, it restores. It was at a well in Samaria where the world had written him off that Jesus chose to make the great revelation to his disciples and to everyone in John chapter number 4. The story is recounted. I must needs go to Samaria. Lord, why do you need to go there? I've got to go to Samaria. And he went to the place where they had written people off. His disciples being hungry go into town. And she comes alone. He being a Jew speaks to her. And she says, why are you speaking to me? You have... No dealing with me. Can I tell you, the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. If you ever think you're in a place where God wants nothing to do with you, the devil is a liar. If you ever find yourself in a place thinking nobody, God, not himself, wants to speak to me. The devil is a liar. God sees your need. God knows the issue. And God seeks to restore, amen, the souls that are desperate and in hurt. John would go on in a couple chapters. And in chapter number 7. He would take us to a place where the Lord would gather at the feast. And in verse 37, he said, In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried. He's already let the the, the cat out of the bag. He's already revealed it to the Samaritans. He's already let them know. And so now here he speaks to them of, uh, 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 of Jerusalem. If any man thirst, John chapter 7 and 37, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Can I tell you that is the call of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the call of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is, the Bible says in Revelation, and the Spirit and the bride say, come. Can I tell you, it ought not just be the call of the gospel. It ought not be the call only of the spirit. But it ought to be the call of the bride. It ought to be the call of the church. If any man thirst, is there any that is desperate? Is there any that is longing? Is there any that is thirsty? Is there any that is desirous of the good things that God has? Let him come and Drink, oh, clap your hands unto the Lord this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If any man thirst, that's why we are a welcoming church. That's why we are a church with an open door policy. Amen. Hallelujah. If you have a desire for the Lord, you found the right place. It doesn't matter where you come from, and it doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what's happened in your life. It doesn't matter what's in your past. It doesn't matter what your rap sheet says. Amen. The Lord says, if any man thirst, let him come. And then he gives to us the beautiful promise. He says this, he that believeth on me as the scripture hath said. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. I'll never forget preaching that at a revival. And a young man came up to me and said, Man, I I really wanted the Holy Ghost. You were preaching about it. But I, I I wasn't ready for that water flow out of your belly button kind of stuff. Sometimes we preach things and we say things and people don't understand what we're talking about. This is ancient. We know what we're talking about here. Out of your belly shall flow rivers. What was he saying? He was saying out of your innermost being, out of the depths of your soul, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers. Of living water I'm talking about the part of your soul the part of your heart that no one else sees only the part that you know when you go to bed at night and you're all alone when you shut the door and you lock up the house and it's you by yourself he said in that part God's not looking just to bless you in the church house God's not looking just to bless you in front of everybody else no God is looking to do a change in your soul and in your spirit that affects you in the innermost being of your life where out of your belly there is flowing he said rivers of living water amen oh clap your hands unto the lord today rivers of living water but this look in verse 39 you got it john chapter number seven have you got it here it's a good, this is a good part to underline in your Bible if you don't have this underlined. And verse 39, he follows up, John follows up. Jesus spoke this, but John is writing the gospel, and John follows up to clarify. Don't miss this here. He says, but this, everybody say this. What's he talking about? He's talking about this experience of of living water, of this spiritual water, not this natural water, amen, that we drink of. Thank God for natural water. Amen. That's a good point for the pastor to take a drink. But living water, living water, that spiritual water, that spiritual water that, that, that comes in your heart. He said this. He said That He spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. He spoke about the Spirit, which they that believed on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost, what's that? That's the Spirit of the Lord, was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. You've got to understand, John's writing his gospel here about 90 AD. He's writing his gospel here after... After the gospel, uh, 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 the crucifixion, the resurrection, the death, the burial, the resurrection has already taken place. John has full understanding. He was with Christ for those 40 days while Christ would expound the word to him. And John sets about to write the gospel account from a perspective theologically that the others did not talk about. And so he's going back and he's telling these stories. And he's saying, Jesus said, there's living water that will come upon you if you believe on me and John said make no mistake that spiritual fountain and flow of a life giving source comes when the Holy Ghost comes upon you John did the work for us he said it's the work of the Holy Ghost inside of your life and look at what he said he said he spake of the spirit which they that believe on him should receive Turn to somebody and say, you should have received it. Why? Why? Because you believed on Him. If you believe on Him, John's saying you should have received it. Is that all right this morning? You should have received it. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that I've been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God inside of my heart. Can I tell you the Holy Ghost is not just an amenity for me to carry along in my travel bag, but it is a necessity. It is this living water. Amen. That I require that I need and it's not a one-time experience it ought to be every day it ought to be every day it ought to be every day in my soul in my heart in my life amen 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 too many people chasing after the wrong things you need the Holy Ghost this week the world celebrated Halloween they were looking for the wrong ghost you need the Holy Ghost Come on, you need a supernatural. Come on, you need, a, you need something that's holy, something that's pure, something that's... You don't need corruption. You can find corruption everywhere. Why are you looking for more corruption? There's enough corruption in the world without bringing the devil into it, bringing demons into it. Come on, I've got enough trouble without all that. I need something holy. I need something sanctified. I need something pure inside of my life today. The Holy Spirit inside of your life, the Holy Ghost. Now go with me to Job chapter number 14. Where we took our text here in this passage of scripture, Job gives us a powerful, powerful truth. What a wonderful thing! What a wonderful thing! Is this all right this morning? I wish I could really preach like I feel. Amen today. Thank you, Sister Crossing. Job chapter number 14. And he said, for there is hope. I'm going to tell you what the world needs. The world needs hope. Hopelessness is the disease of our age. Do you know, and I've mentioned it before, I've used it in sermons and illustrations before and spoken about it, but the greatest... Next week is Veterans Day. On record, the greatest... My mind is, is going blank here. The greatest loss of life. I'm trying to think of the word. M- mortality rate. The greatest mortality rate ever experienced in any American prisoner of war camp was experienced during, I believe it was the Korean War. There were no fences. There was no torture that went on but it was a psychological exercise in hopelessness. They went through every mail, piece of mail. They only passed on negative mail. They only let them hear negative news. They only gave them negativity. It was a non-stop feed of negativity. And they, they were not starved. They had adequate rations. They had adequate sleeping quarters. And the greatest mortality rate ever experienced was not under torture, but it was under a suppression of hopelessness. And when they got so hopeless that they only received mail when their family members died, when their spouses left them... They only received the news of the bad things of the war, and other thing, when it got so hopeless, they literally went into the corners of their cells, sat down and died. I'm going to tell you, the disease of this world is hopelessness. And the devil wants to put hopelessness on people's life. He wants to tell them there is no hope, there's no escape. There's no way out. There's no deliverance. There's no healing. There's no freedom. There's no life left. You've wasted your life. There's no chance at renewal. There's no chance. Can I get a witness, anybody? That is the disease of this world that gets a hold of men and women's heart. It makes them crazy. And literally, they give up and they die. But Job said, there is hope of a tree. If it be cut down, if it be cut down, that it will sprout again, that the tender branch thereof will not cease, though the root thereof wax old in the earth, and the stock thereof die in the ground. But there is hope. Where is hope? He said, yet through the scent of water. Go on to the next verse. Yet through the scent... Of water. It will bud and bring forth bows like a plant. Here's a power of water. Job said it may be cut down. It may be dead. It may be buried. It may be dried up. It may be a testimony of what was. It may be a testimony of what could have been. It may be a remnant, amen, and a trophy of the past, but it's nothing. It's desert. It's barren. It's lost. But if not water, but if just the scent of water. Can I tell you, we have more than just the scent of living water in this church this morning. Job said, just the scent of water. Just the scent of water. Spent a lot of time laying down this week. Wednesday, I ventured out of the bedroom. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, spent most of the day in the living room. And so, watched a lot of YouTube sermons. Watched a lot of things. Tried to keep my mind off things. Ran across, I enjoy documentaries, and I was watching a particular documentary, and it was covering deserts. And they showed the picture of the Atacama Desert. I think you put that up there. The Atacama Desert is in Peru. It is the driest and the most arid place in the world, with the exception of the Arctic deserts, where it does not rain because it's too cold to rain. Peru, the desert here on site, gets about 0.6 inches of rain in an entire year. 0.6 inches of rain in an entire year. But what you see behind me is an incredible occurrence that happened in a rare rain, Someone captured this, for, this photograph after a rare rain. In the driest, most arid place you can find in the world. This is what the power of water can do. Job said, it doesn't matter how dead it is. Just the scent of water can bring a bud Just the scent of water can bring life back again. I don't know where you're at. I don't know where you're living. I don't know what deserts you've walked through. I don't know what dead things you're living amongst. I don't know what's in your family. I don't know what's in your community. But I'm here to tell you today that we have more than a scent of water. And if a rare rain can turn a desert, the driest place in the world, into that, what can revival do? What can a downpour of the last day latter rain do in the hearts? and the souls of men. Folks, can I tell you, revival ought not be hard. It ought not be complicated. It's not as difficult as we make it. All we need is the pouring and the flow of the rain. All we need is living water. You say, what is that? It's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's the Spirit of God inside of our life. We need the outpouring of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And can I tell you, it doesn't even have to be an old-fashioned aisle running Sunday. It can just be a Sunday where the scent of water is passing by. And that scent of water is enough to change men's hearts and to change men's souls and to set the captives free again. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I walked in here today. Oh, we gotta be careful that we don't take this all for granted. And I stepped in that seat. And as I stood there, and the word of God went forth, and we began to pray, and the praise of God went forth, I wasn't worried about the song, old or new. I wasn't worried about the temperature, hot or cold. I was just thanking God for the presence of the Lord. Can I tell you, when you're thirsty, when you're desperate, you don't care what's around you, you don't care what's going on. You don't care if the well giver is in style or out of style. If they're up on the latest fashion or not. You're not worried about all of that. You're just looking for something that can quench your thirsty soul. I'm here to tell you there is living water in the power of the Holy Ghost today. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In your desert Your desert is nothing without water. It's nothing, oh, but with water. With the scent of water. Can I tell you all of those hopes and dreams that are dried up? Your desert's a field of potential. Come on. Your desert is an oasis in the making. With the baptism of the Holy Ghost you don't know my family, and you don't know what I'm dealing with. You don't know how hard-nosed they are and how stubborn they are, and you don't know. I'm going to tell you, that's right. I don't know. You probably know better than everybody else, but I got news for you. God knows better than you. <laughs> And what God sees is not a desert. He sees a field full of potential. I wish I had the photograph before the rare rain. I wish we could see the hopelessness before the rain. All we're seeing is the aftershocks. Can I tell you, when you walk into this house and you look around and you see people that have their hair combed and their teeth brushed, amen, and their clothes halfway decent, you're not seeing, amen, works of man. You're seeing deserts in bloom, You're seeing what God has done. You're seeing what the power of the Spirit of the Lord can do. It's a testimony, amen, of the work of God's grace and God's mercy inside of your soul. Job said that hope comes just from the scent of water. Old song we sang says, I feel Jesus in this place. I feel Jesus in this place. That's an old song. But I love it. I feel the Lord. If you can feel the Lord, I'm going to tell you you got hope in your life. There's hope in your life. Stand together with me. Because of the scent of water, I can live again. Because of the scent of water, I can believe again. Does anybody remember how? Desperate and low you were without the Lord when you didn't even have enough faith for yourself. Come on, anybody, was that your testimony where somebody else had to have faith for you because you didn't have faith for yourself? Thank God to the person or the individual that drug you to church or your mother or your father to church or your grandparents or your aunt or uncle or whoever it was that was your first connection. Your spouse that said, hey, I'm praying for you. When you'd given up on yourself, God hadn't given up on you. Because of the scent of water, you can love again. You say, well, I've been hurt and I've been abused and I've I've had so many things, I can't do it. I'm going to tell you, he that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. It's God's desire that you walk again. It's not God's desire that you hobble from Sunday to Sunday. That you cripple along. Going from one place to the other. But it's God's desire that you walk. It's God's desire that you see. See in the Spirit. It's God's desire that you grow. Grow in faith and grace. It's God's desire that you gather again. That you gather the harvest and the things and the blessings that He gives to you. The world's taken away and robbed and your life has been life of loss but God's one that gives. He's one that gathers. I said it before, revival isn't hard. It's, you just have to have living water. And if you're not seeing revival, if I'm not seeing revival in my life, it's not because something's wrong with the Lord. It's because something is stopping the access to Of the Spirit of the Lord in my life. That's what repentance is all about. That's what repentance is all about. It's what the cross is all about. That's why we're constantly called back to the place of self-sacrifice. Self-crucifixion. Paul said this, he said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Can I tell you, your self-will cannot exist and participate in the gospel of Jesus Christ at the same time. You have to die out to your flesh. When you take up your cross, you don't get the option for your self-will to live. You lay your life down knowing that God knows what's best for me and what's best for you. I surrender it all And say, God, I'm going to give you everything in my life. I give it all to you. I give it all to you, Lord. Can we bow our heads this morning? Lord, in Jesus' name. God, I'm praying, God, the power of water, the scent of water. It's here today. The scent of water is here today. God, in our own life, You want revival for us individually in our own heart, in our own spirit, in our own homes, in our own experiences with You, Lord. I pray, God, let the living water of Your Spirit flow in our life. Let there be nothing that stops or blocks access. God, as in ancient times they battled over water, so the enemy of our soul fights over the wellspring of life in our heart. He fights against us. He tries to do everything he can to keep us. But God, I know that there's hope today. And I know that you are able. You fight our battles. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can somebody just trust the Lord right now? Whatever it is in your heart. Maybe it's not you. Maybe it's somebody in your home or in your family. Can you just speak out in the name of the Lord and just give it to the Lord? Amen. Maybe you want to call on their name right now. Lord, in Jesus' name, I I give this to you. I give it to you, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. Come on, there's a desert represented in your life. There's a desert represented in your life, in your testimony, in your community, in your family, in your home, perhaps. Amen. It's not just dead space. It's It's a place full of potential that God wants to revive today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, come on, somebody. Can you just press in the Holy Ghost today a little bit? Come on, can you lift your voice with me right now? God, I need you. I need you. Can you be that woman at the well? Can you be that woman at the well that's inquiring? Can you be the the crowd at the feast that hears the Lord's voice today? God, I need you today, Lord. I need you in my heart. I need you in my soul.